Welcome to the Writing Block Podcast. I'm Jackie Castle, and I'm here with Becca Spence-Tobias, and we're having a bit of a um, unplanned coronavirus episode today. Hey, Becca. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we thought that the writing community might appreciate just some honest conversation about, you know, what we're doing as a group and, you know, any ideas that we have for balancing writing and sanity, I suppose. Childcare. And childcare. <laughs> yep. Most of us have children in this group. And so we're all trying to keep up with our writing while there's uh, kiddos running around and uh, without probably resorting to all the fallbacks that, you know, distract their attention. <laughs> oh, I'm going full fallback. Are you? Yeah, they're watching TV right now. Nice. Oh, mine have watched a lot. I'm just, yeah, trying to not do it. Trying my, That means I'm trying to not do it six hours straight is about the only bar right. I've set for myself. <laughs> So I've decided that I'm going to be a really engaged, active, present parent for one half of the day, and then it's a free-for-all the rest of the day. Okay, that seems like a realistic expectation. Yeah, but the good thing is with that expectation, I'm like really... I'm like really there for that half of the day, which doesn't always happen. Sometimes I'm kind of like to and fro with my attention, like, okay, yeah, I'm playing with you, but I'm also kind of trying to send some emails, but I'm really trying to put stuff away and like really do activities with my kids for the half that I'm doing it so that I don't feel guilty <laughs> for the other half. That's good. And then you both know that break is coming and the alone time's coming. We've been doing a lot of, we wrote out a schedule and it's very loose. So it's like, this is our outside and this is our alone time, but whatever you do during those times doesn't really matter. Um, but it's been nice because I know that when it's time for us to do something together within an hour or two, we're, we're all going to break. But my kids are a little older than yours, I think. Uh, how old are yours? 10 and 6. Okay. Yeah, I have 6 and 3. 6 and 3, yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, because the 10-year-old kind of is, you know, as long as she can watch him doing, my, my youngest one can watch the older one doing his thing, then she's pretty happy. Right. <laughs> so that's good. The thing with mine right now is snacks. They want to snack constantly. Mm. And so I'm trying to, you know, be good about preserving our food stash. But when we have so much food in the house, they want to eat it. So... That's the biggest challenge with even during alone time, they're constantly coming in and being like, snack, snack, can I eat this? I see we have granola bars. I see we have peaches or whatever. <laughs> well, I, I really feel for them because I'm feeling the same thing about my coronavirus stash. So yeah. <laughs> I think my, my splurge was I'm kind of all about these. They're like stevia chocolates. Uh, I don't know if you ever had the Lily's brand, but they make all sorts of like sugar-free chocolate that actually tastes really good. And they are now making these little chocolate-covered caramels and like they have like one gram of sugar in them. My body's really sensitive to sugar, so I try not to eat it yeah. too much. But yeah, that was kind of my weird panic buy where I just bought like right. 10 bags of those and they're almost all gone. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a can of hominy. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Oh, you can make pozole. I yeah um everything else was pretty I think pretty practical that's good I got three bags of Milano's in different varieties <laughs> that I have nice back of the closet um it's cut to take a darker turn and I guess kind of relevant to writing I feel like the apocalyptic post-apocalyptic and even like the historical stuff I've read about like wartime stuff especially mm -hmm. stuff has made me like maybe 
I don't even know if it's more catastrophic than necessary, but definitely thinking in a catastrophic way. And I'm seriously was at the store like, okay, so we have our basic needs, but like, who knows how much morale we'll get from a single Milano like two months from now or whatever it is. Oh, man. That went. Yeah. Well, that's probably, you know, good and bad, kind of like, yeah, just knowing a little a little too much and our imaginations all go that direction. I mean, that's what I write. So yeah, I've been trying to yeah. not imagine all the worst case scenarios all the Can time. Can talk about your book? Oh. I don't know if I'm ready to go there right now. Right now, I'm just trying to... I definitely, when I read that Canadian border was getting closed, I definitely was like, oh my God, this occlusion. But okay, we don't have to go. Right. No, it's it's a little nuts. It's a little real at the moment. I'm trying to work my way through my edits for the sequel. And the sequel is even more about the rest of the world's relationship during all of this to uh, the United States. And it's become a little hard. But once I'm in it, it is cathartic. So it's just the getting into it. I'm having a hard time. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I feel like I want to read, like, I really want to read things that don't feel trivial, but also are not too close to home. Yes, yes, I'm feeling the same way. Like, not too on the nose, but also, like, serious shit, I guess. <laughs> right. I just ordered a couple of Frederick Bachman books because I love his writing. And it's kind of like that, where it's like all the stories. It's not historical fiction, but they're all, like, very intense, but fictional. <laughs> Um, I'm, uh, anyway, I'm reading the Paper Girls comics, which feels really good right now because it's about time travel, but time travel uh, like infects uh, different times and different people. So it spreads kind of in this pandemic way. So it feels relevant, but it's also, you know, time travel, crazy monsters and nice. So that's that's my comfort media right now. I like that. I feel like maybe now's a good time for us all to branch out and read a genre we've never read before. Yeah. that's Like maybe I'll get really into romance novels. Yeah. Or you were saying you might take up writing erotica. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I've been spinning it under a pen name. So give me your ideas, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Anything to stay engaged and sane. And I think art is at this weird moment where it's so necessary and feels hard to put your energy into at the moment and well I know I saw one of our writing block friends said it was hard to like feel like anything you could write would be relevant in the post-COVID world and I'm totally kind of feeling like so anything I write that's supposed to feel contemporary is not going to feel accurate without this in it anymore but I also don't want to be one of the millions of people who's now gonna write coronavirus literature you know I guess where I'm struggling is like I'm writing this book right now that takes place in West Virginia and is really focused on the opioid crisis which I know is not gonna you know go away because of that but I'm sure there are gonna be some things that change you know like if people are mandatorily in their homes like what how is that going to affect drug dealing like right like something you would usually think about but like yeah or people that are dealing with addiction and withdrawal right now it's going to be awful exactly um and so do I want to try to keep this contemporary and try to have that be a part of it or do I want it to almost be like pre-covid historical fiction about it so yeah that's where I'm kind of stuck with my fiction right now well I think it's hard I think you just need to write it because you don't know what's going to 
you have no idea what's what life's going to be like a month from now. We really just don't. It could go one of many directions, but you're going to have to edit it down the road anyway. So yeah, true. <laughs> no easy answers. Oh, so I'm focusing <sighs> on my nonfiction right now because that is historical and <laughs> I can focus on what happened and just kind of writing down <laughs> like actual things that people are telling me. So that's the way I'm continuing in the moment. That's good. I just reached out to the old newspaper I used to write for. I was like, if you need a freelancer, I need something else to write. Um, And I I write for other people too. But this was like, oh, I could do something that would benefit my community right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but I I read something on Twitter. Someone was saying that their approach is just to kind of have three projects going. And if your brain isn't in it for one, then that's okay. Just like switch to the other one. And I think that's a that's going to be my method. I'm going to try to there are going to be uh, sprints hosted on writing block on Twitter on our account. Um, and so just check in the morning for times for those. And I'm going to try to host at least one a day. And that's kind of going to be my only, my only expectation of myself is to write during that hour that I'm hosting the sprints. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's a lot more than a lot of people are getting done. It's, and that's okay. I think it's okay to take a break. Like, Yes. It's overwhelming. Um, it is. And I think approach it differently. Like before, I would be annoyed with myself if I did an hour of sprints and I didn't have a thousand words. And I'm just going to be happy if I made any progress whatsoever for a little yeah. while. Um, what I'm trying to tell myself is I want to do something every day, whether that's write a few hundred words, whether that's reading something relevant to my project, conducting an interview. Mm-hmm. I want to do something every day. And I'm trying to be really flexible about what that is. Um, but I know that there's like a lot of pressure, like, Oh, I have this time where I'm at home. I better use it. I I should take advantage of it and don't waste it. But this has never happened before. <laughs> like this, is, <laughs> we have no idea what's going on in the world. It's okay to just like try to take care of yourself right now. I think it is. And I think it's okay to let creativity emerge in ways that aren't familiar to you. Because I think that's sometimes what happens. So maybe I know you're very hands on with um, like fine art sometimes, aren't you? Like you like to do two dimensional art? Well, yeah. <laughs> no? I feel like you're always crafting and storyboarding in a way that, that I've never cool. been able to. I sometimes make collages. Like yeah. my outlines and right. my characters. Yes. But I- <laughs> yeah. So maybe things like that will be more fulfilling. Um, I'm journaling, which feels Oh, there you go. Um, And we probably all should be, right? Everyone in the writing community should be journaling somehow because this is like, this is history in the making at the moment. Because I'm kind of thinking of those writers in the future and like, what would I have wanted from an era that I was going to write about? So I'm trying to write about those kind of things, not just this happened, this happened, this happened, but this is how I'm feeling today. Right. Yeah. And that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think that there's all this you know, like you were saying, you're cooped up at home, you think that you have all these expectations, because you've told yourself for so many years that this is what you would do if you had more free time. And now we're faced with this free time, and we're all can't focus. But also people aren't meant to absorb news in the way that we do. They're really not. And so we're not supposed to be able to like look at statistics of people dying across the world and then immediately turn around and be creative. That's just not, (laughs) not how our brains function. (laughs) Now forget that that's what's happening and be a genius. Yeah, right. So I think we all just need to find like a way to create in a way that is also like feeding us and not just draining us. Totally. And that's okay. I'm really enjoying the Mo Willems lunchtime doodles. I know they're for kids, but 
<laughs> I'm really finding some comfort in that. And it's an outlet for creativity too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking of like going on Netflix. I know they have like the old Bob Ross videos and like, that sounds really lovely at the moment. I can't paint worth anything. Like it'll just look awful, but it just sounds really nice. I know there are some Instagrammers doing like daily challenges too. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll try. <laughs> overwhelmed with all of the resources that are popping up. And it's almost making me feel pressure in another way. Like now I need to like take advantage of all of these great resources. that are Right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to try to stop doing it. But what you were saying about you not being able to, maybe that's the mindset switch that needs to happen. Like maybe we need to realize we're not doing this for other people right now. We're just mm-hmm. like, we're creating for us. Yeah. Yeah. Very Anne Lamott. <laughs> it's true. And I think there is like a, like we all, we want to help and we want to provide in a way that we can, but sometimes the best way to do that is to, is to like go into what we're good at and then just share that in a way. Yeah. You know, however it feels natural. But so much is up in there the next two weeks. I think people are finally starting to take it a little more seriously. There are a lot of people here still going out, still going to restaurants. And I know there's, you know, there's a small business concern and that's super legitimate. Um, Right. But, you know, also we don't want people to die who don't need to die. There are so many good ideas about how to support local businesses right now. And look and see what your local businesses are doing to be more innovative. Like I just uh, found out that my local bookstore is, is just walking things to your car. If you pull up out front, just like call them. And so, I, you know, I ordered, a, you know, a book for everyone in the family and I'm going to go swing by there today. So I think that, you know, they're trying to be more innovative. So if, if there's a way for you to, I know a lot of people are hurting financially right now, but if you have those extra resources, then put them into local businesses if you can, especially ones that are really trying to meet needs. Yeah, exactly. Is it bookshop.org, the new site where you can just order through, like order online, but it supports like the portion of it goes to your local bookstore? I just did that. Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard of that one. I know of IndieBound, which is the same where you can just order through your local bookstore. Cool. It's right to your house. Um, you don't have to contact, you don't have to go on the phone with anybody. <laughs> but I know I just ordered a book for 19 bucks and four of it went to my local bookshop. So that made me... Oh, that's nice. Good place points. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many, like some local bookshops, uh, if you go on their websites, you can even order eBooks in a way that benefits them. So if you don't want to touch anything, then you can still do that. (laughs) Yeah, great. I I just went in and I even had the staff call me to make sure I tipped the right amount because I just like was really emotional. I went when I went to my coffee shop and tipped like 300% or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, just stay, just survive until this is over, but it's going to be hard. Favorite local coffee shop. Um, For the last time last Thursday, well, I don't even know what day it is anymore. (laughs) I guess it's (laughs) Thursday. I think we're back to Thursday. We're back to Thursday. Okay, so a week ago. um, And it was right when they were implementing some of their sanitation change. Like they were not doing any of the self-serve stations and they were doing more hand washing. I don't know. They were doing all kinds of stuff. They weren't using Mm -hmm. their own dishes. They were using only the disposable ones. And my favorite barista was like almost manic and neither of us knew what was going on. You know, we always kind of chit chat a little bit, but we had this moment where we really connected and we were like, it's so nice to see you. And I just thought like, what that's going to be like when we're all reunited with those people in our lives that we don't realize how much they mean to us that we see right. regularly in our lives that we're going to have this 
perhaps months long break from like, I can't wait to see my favorite barista again. It's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Yay. Oh, that is really a very sweet thought to hold on to. And then I think on that note, too, is figuring out how we connect with the people that are important to us during this time. And it's going to probably be in ways we haven't tried before. I was thinking now, like, wait, should I try to find him on Facebook? Is that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I know that writing block, like I was looking into some online meeting uh, tools and it looks like Zoom is pretty, pretty good. You can use it for free as long as the meeting's only up to 40 minutes. So I thought maybe we could try to host some, you know, themed meetings that people could just come live stream and and chat if they want to. We could do some virtual writing like that, I bet. That would be cool. Yeah. We can even do panels, like invite people to co-host on panels on, you know, I guess we'll just see where maybe we'll all take a week to regroup and then (laughs) make some plans. I'm loving the idea if we like virtual coffee shop right in we all make our drink we sit in front of our computer we're all right there (laughs) i would love that and kids can run around and interrupt us and it's no big deal exactly yeah that sounds nice anybody listening you have other community building ideas for this writing community please let us know yes i think what i'll do is i'll take mine and becca's really random episode here and i'll i'll make a blog post and then if anyone wants to email me uh, at marketing at writing block, uh, com. with anything you want to add, I'll just add it to the post and we can maybe have a little community sourced <laughs> resource yeah, list. Cool, I love it. Cool. Are there any other resources that, that you found uh, as far as I'm, I know that there's so many lists for parenting resources, but any um, writing or life balance resources as a as a grown up <laughs> that you have. Well, I know that NaNoWriMo is going to ramp up some of their efforts. They're trying to figure out what people need, and their resources are always really helpful for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Other than that, I don't. Oh, Inlandia, Inlandia.org. They usually do in person workshops for donation, or they do online workshops for a fee. But they're going to move everything online and having it be by donation. So Inlandia is going to have some great poetry workshops and writing workshops. I think there's one on plot coming up. So that might be a good one for some free craft building. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah, that's all I can think of right now. I think everybody's really scrambling, but, but some good things are coming out of it. Yeah, there's I'm just looking as you're talking because I love masterclass. So I was curious. And I'm like, I'm gonna go on their website and see if they have any discounts. It doesn't look like they do yet. But um, that's $15 a month. And I've loved every one that I've taken. I love my master classes too. Yeah, especially Judy Bloom and Margaret Atwood have been. Oh, and Neil Gaiman. Have, speaking of Neil Gaiman, I know he said on Twitter that um, he's totally fine with anybody reading his books aloud during this. Oh, well, let me go get one and we'll do an impromptu <laughs> reading. No, I'm just kidding. I have all of them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's been really inspiring to see how many companies and most of them I've I've noticed are pretty small companies, even though they're online based, have just been so willing to drop their paywalls and yeah, uh, support the community. And I really hope that we remember. Yeah, and remember the the people in our society who should really be valued that we can't do without right now. <laughs> yeah, grocery store workers fire department first responders. Oh, I did hear a tip the other day. I think tip your baristas a ton of money right now because they're putting their health on the line yeah. for you. So whatever extra money you have. And then I also heard a great um, 
suggestion where if, if you're at a grocery store to buy a gift card and then just give it to the employee because I don't think you can legally uh, tip sweet. employees, but it's a, great that's a nice way to do it. Yeah. So I'll do what you can. Obviously, we can't do it every day. You know, we're kind of we do it when we can and when we can't, it's okay. So what are some ways we could support people who make a living through the arts, which is another <laughs> another problem right now, people who are performers or who are missing their launch events um i mean definitely buy their buy their products if you can but review share yes and i think maybe every time you want to like put a facebook post about your own stuff like you know share your own stuff but then maybe also put another one about a couple indie writers that you like um just all go the extra mile to share the work of of people that we appreciate yeah that's a great idea Speaking of which, another underappreciated but necessary group, screenwriters right now, because we are all watching so much Netflix. (laughs) Um, Those people might be really struggling as well. Yeah. And I've thought about that. I'm like, what happens now if this was if that was it, if they can't go back to work for at least a year? It's going to be really interesting. Oh, boy. That's when the the YouTube stars will shine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. And so many people like on the media that we're consuming, you know, unless you get top billing, you're not making any money from that. So look up your favorite person in the credits and maybe give them a little extra love because they're likely not not seeing an extra penny from our our nonstop streaming. That's true. That's a good idea. We have a visitor. It's my dog. (laughs) Hi. 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 (laughs) I love... uh, how much more accepting people are of child interruptions. So as a writer, are you, I don't know if that's as a writer or as a parent, are you like coming up with the different ways that this might shape your children's brains being <laughs> part of their childhood? Because <laughs> I know I am over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. Um I hope that it fosters a little more appreciation in them, kind of like what we were talking about for the people that are holding us all together at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if they really, even the older one, like I think he's, you know, feeling everybody's anxiety and seeing how things are different, but I still think it's pretty abstract for him. Yeah, it totally is. I think like if we're in isolation for months, like what does that do to a three-year-old brain? And I'm trying not to think about it too much. Yeah, it's really hard. And and I hope people just keep finding ways to connect. I know uh, even the kindergarten classroom is using Flipgrid. Oh, and so okay. the, the teacher, um, it's really neat. So you just record a little video and it's kind of like a walkie talkie system. So you don't have to be there at the same time. So the teacher is recording a little video and she's been reading a story and then asking them a question for the day. And then you watch the video whenever you have time and then you record your reply. But then you can also watch the reply of all the other friends in the classroom. So that's been really nice because I, yeah. And I think she's actually enjoyed it because she's never seen how half her, half her friends are holding their pets when they're recording their video and and things that she's, you know, I know she misses them, but that's helped a lot. That's really sweet. How long of a break is official in North Carolina at this point? Oh, goodness. I mean, only two weeks, but we're that's not going to happen. I mean, all the teachers are pretty much like, here's our plan for two weeks, but we're pretty much using this two weeks to figure out how we're going to do this indef- indefinitely. Um, they call, When they shut down the restaurants for dining in, I don't know how California has done it, but in North Carolina, they're still allowed to do delivery and takeout 
And they that was a mandatory eight weeks. So I can't in any way believe that it would be less than eight weeks. So we've made an eight week we've made an eight week countdown. And we're like, if we get through this, we'll do something really special, <laughs> even if it's not over yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll go rent a cabin in the middle of the woods or do something. Yeah. That's change of scenery. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, how about you? Uh, we are officially on spring break for two weeks and then they've, that they've extended that by one week for now. Okay. I mean, there's, there's no way this is over in eight weeks. No, because, especially because there are still restaurants that are open for dine-in here and people are going to the beach in packs. And <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. We keep having like friends invite us over for play dates. And I'm like, what, what? It's hard. The first couple days that we were isolating, I was just pouring over the news constantly. And I'm really trying to take a break from that. Yeah, it's it's hard. And I think that with something like this, like there's always going to be more news to read. But I've noticed that if I spend 20 min- minutes reading the news, I don't I don't get less out of it than if I obsess over it for three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so just like do it, check in. Yeah, and then let it go for a little bit. It's going to be there when you check it later. (laughs) And that's not my strong suit. So I'll try to follow my own advice. (laughs) I'm trying to think of how else we can make this relevant to writing. I feel Mm -hmm. like everybody is just kind of in the same (laughs) space right now. It doesn't have to be relevant to writing. I know UP was kind of a wild situation. Um, A lot of people canceled. You were planning to go, right? Uh, To AWP? Yeah. Yeah, and I was... So I had just gone to PLA and PLA was already really stressful. Like I enjoyed it, but we were all like, everyone was like, there was anxiety throughout the whole conference. It was a big conference and it was all librarians who were then going to go back in their communities. And so it was, it was kind of stressful. And that was before it really blew up. And then AWP was scheduled the next weekend. Um, And the whole day was just kind of, we were waiting for them to make a statement and the window on like getting our a credit from the airline was just closing by like the minute. And my friend who I was going with cares for her father who is elderly and she's his main caregiver. And we were just like, this isn't worth it. Um, and it's not worth the stress. Like we we were both anxious people. So we were like, even if we go, it's probably not good. Like half the panels were being canceled. I don't know. Half is probably an exaggeration, but a lot of the, the panels kept being canceled throughout the day. And so it didn't seem worth it. Totally. Yeah, it's not worth it. Our little um, our little pleasures are not worth sacrificing other people's health at the moment. So, But it's difficult to realize that something that feels so big to you and so exciting and like it was going to be this great thing, it's difficult to realize what an, what an effect it could have. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, and maybe that's something, I think that's something that's been collectively shifting for a while, but maybe this will also build on that. Well, here's the way we can talk about writing. Um that's something you do in world building. You have to realize how small changes are going to ripple out and affect everything. So mm-hmm. like after coronavirus, I doubt we'll see self-serve stations at restaurants. So this is a good chance to do some predictive future world building for writers. That's a really good point. Yeah. I've been thinking about that too, is like some of these services that these, like the bookstore with the curbside pickup, like are some of these things that come out of this going to change the way we run businesses forever? Yeah. Or or just seeing how many of our jobs really don't involve 
going into work <laughs> and can be done from home and, and can be done with less of an office overhead or whatever it may be. And then which jobs are, yeah, very undervalued because they, they can't be done any other way. So yeah, building that into your science fiction <laughs> or whatever you're <laughs> writing. Even if you're not going to write just using it as practice, like how can I take something I know and make predictions or like imagine how it would affect the world? that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think giving yourself permission to do that. I think sometimes like as someone who's written books that are like very topical, even more as the time goes on, like it's okay. It's okay to like draw from this and use it to explore some of your fears and some of your trepidation mm-hmm. and some of, you know, the things that are swirling around in your head. Like that is okay to do that. <laughs> like other people will be will be appreciative of it. So right after Trump was elected, I started what I thought was going to be a novel about a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles and a mother having to take her children and flee across the country. Um, it was not good writing at all. <laughs> I can. It should never be shared. It would be way too much work to even go back and make it good writing. But it was so therapeutic to anxieties that way. Like, to yeah. write, what if this comes to the worst case scenario and we end up in a nuclear war? And what would that actually look like? Me taking my kids and going across the country, like to hide in West Virginia or whatever. So just writing as therapy for the things that we're afraid of, too. And I think dystopian and, and sci-fi in general, like that's a big theme of the genre is, yeah, using it as a way to put yourself directly in the middle of those fears that you have and then realize that life does go on and people still get to make choices as individuals. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it is therapeutic. Oh, my cat came to visit. Aww. Hey, Rosemary. Isn't it weird how some things can feel so normal, like in your home in the midst of this, like the cats have no ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're like, why are you in my space all the time now? <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see what else. What are you reading? What am I? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been able to focus. I have a couple books that I've had on my pile for a while to dive into and read. And and then I just ordered one from our local bookstore that I'm going to pick up later. And that was a, a Frederick Bachman book that I haven't read yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm spacing on the name of the other book I've been trying to read. And it's no fault of the writers at all. It's an amazing book so far. I just can't focus for more than a couple sentences yeah. for the last week. <laughs> so I'll try again. <laughs> I also owe like five authors reviews and oh. feel like an asshole. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I think that's going to be like my only thing on my list for tomorrow. Yeah. Reading, is, reading helps with craft too. It's important. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you can focus. Instead of doing what you were suggesting with writing where I have like four different books open and I'm just picking up whichever one I can at that moment and reading a couple paragraphs. We get used to, even if it's only in small chunks, and even if you're mostly a stay-at-home parent, we still get used to like whatever programs our kids are in or or school to know that we're going to have uninterrupted time. Yep. And uh, that's all changing. So you can't expect, especially if you have kids at home, that suddenly you have nothing but free time. That's not how it works. Not at all. And especially as they get antsier and antsier, they're going to want more <laughs> more structure, yeah. and more exciting activities. Right. It's true. Well, luckily, I was telling my husband, I'm so grateful that it's that that the, this is happening as the seasons are changing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it would have been a lot harder 
if it had happened even, you know, two months earlier. When it got dark at five o'clock, that would have been very depressing. So at least our kids can like walk outside and see that the weather's getting warmer and they'll soon be able to do some water play and all of the things that... Plants are budding. Yes. So what is your plan for writing over the next week? Not the next eight weeks, just the next week, Becca. So I have, um, I'm working on this, this nonfiction book about the West Virginia punk scene in the early 2000s. And I've conducted several interviews, two and a half of them I still have to transcribe. So and I'm just giving myself I'm trying to get 20 minutes done a day, 20 minutes transcribed a day. That sounds great. Yeah. Good goals. And again, it's that feels more manageable, not just because it's a small goal, but because I don't have to put any creativity in it. All I have to do mm-hmm. is and, and put it down. So that's what I'm doing. But really, my goal by the end of the month, um, in case this might be a good place to explain, here's some actual information, the, the academic book publishing process, you create a book proposal, usually with the input and advice of an acquiring and acquisitions editor, uh, then that proposal goes to peer review, they send back uh, suggestions, you send back a written response to those suggestions, and then a board decides if they want to offer you an advanced contract to write the book. So I just went through that stage and I'm trying to, by the end of March, um, rewrite my introductory chapter according to the peer review suggestions. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds really kind of refreshing to have a little more guidance or that there that someone's in it, in it with you from the beginning. Is it or no? It's so much more straightforward than the fiction writing and publishing process. So much more because you have somebody who's working side by side with you from the beginning saying, we want this book the way that you're envisioning it or you're developing the plan for it together and mm-hmm. be interacting with them. Like I talk to my editor, my editor is also a good friend and I'm talking to him every day. If I have a question, I can ask him right then and he's giving me input, which is amazing. Oh, that is amazing. That sounds really nice. Yeah, it really is. Cool. What else? Yeah, I'm just going to do the juggle three projects thing. Um, and I have another book that I think I'm going to submit that to the Launchpad pilot competition. I'm going to turn cool. it into a, a pilot episode. And so once I have the the edits in for the seclusion, I will switch to that. And again, yeah, I'll just try to make like the time I'm hosting sprints for writing block be my, You're writing my time to focus. Time. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of buzz marketing i know we're usually doing paid sponsors but since we're in a wild time um one of our writing block friends liz karen does script prescriptions so if you if anybody is writing a script or a screenplay and wants some feedback that's a nice small business um to support somebody who makes their living off of (laughs) off of the creative art definitely i already talked to liz and and she i'm gonna have her read this when i'm done because i have no idea what i'm doing listeners Awesome. It's a good challenge. My strength is not dialogue. So I think even if nothing comes of it, it'll be a good um, challenge for me because you obviously can't write a script without um, getting a little better at dialogue. So I'm going to take the challenge. <laughs> dialogue is what I'm best at. I need the the world building. Yeah. I go too heavy on the world building and then my editor just spends 20 minutes telling me that I already said this five times. So As far as our writing block, um, things we want to provide to you, we have a newsletter that goes out every month that has prompts, um, also upcoming submission deadlines, uh, any announcements in the writing community in general. So if you're not on that, you can join that on our website, which is writingblock.com 
Again, no K in block. Uh, and then our Twitter account will be hosting sprints uh, at least every weekday and sometimes more, depending on the availability of our hosts. And then we're also going to be brainstorming to come up with some other things that we can do to support you guys. And that might include Zoom meetings or panels or virtual conference events. Um, so we'll let people know. But in the meantime, Writing Block has lots of resources already. Uh, we do have these writing boxes. I can't guarantee that I can refill uh, them with supplies once I've run out with of the ones that I have. <laughs> but there are... Uh, like 10 of them with filled with supplies. If anyone wants to go check those out on writingblock.com slash writing box. And that has uh, little prizes to open every time you pass 10,000 words. So it's just a little incentive. What an awesome way to stay motivated and give like, yourself a little joy and hope during this. I love that. Uh, those are available. They may not be available after the 10 have sold because I don't know if I'll be able to restock, but there it is. So anyway, everybody stay safe out there, uh, help each other out. And we'll try to do some more of these um, impromptu episodes as well. And we're also considering doing some live streamed episodes where people can ask questions while we're live streaming. All right. Happy writing. 